Welcome into the Paul Farrington Show, the Week 18 reaction show. We'll have more Week 18 reactions following the 4 o'clock games, the big Bills-Dolphins Sunday night game. We're just reacting to the 1 o'clock games and the Saturday games right now. That's right, Finn's up. We're all rooting for the Finn. Well, you guys are rooting for a tie. I'm rooting for a tie. Because Jack wants to go down to sunny Florida and see the Steelers-Dolphins in the wild card round. I'm cool with a tie. I'm cool with a tie. Look, tie would be... I mean, Zach, you said right off the... We'll get to all the games in a second, but you said you're debating... Rooting for a loss so you don't have to play the Bills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think you want to have the home. No, game. you want the two seed. You so the, the Dolphins seed. win. Yeah, but if we tie, we still oh, have the tied. two seed. Yeah, right. So, so, so yeah. the scenarios are a Dolphins win, and then I fly to Miami and watch the game, and you host Buffalo next week. Right. A Dolphins tie, and you play the Steelers in Miami. And a Dolphins loss, you're going to Kansas City. Yeah. Tie win loss. That's how I'd want it. I mean, I want for my personal sake, I want tie. Yeah. yeah. I don't care. I just want to tie. <laughs> well, Paul joined by Jack Weinberger, Robert Ziggy Ziegler, back home in California right now, and Zach Bloomquist, the best executive producer in the game. No camera on him yet, but we'll get one back pretty soon. It was a uh, a really fun day of football yesterday for you. Uh, somehow, some way, we'll, we'll applaud Jack because the Steelers, this freaking Blue Sky franchise, finds their way into the NFL playoffs after being 7-7, seven and seven, dead to rights, no quarterback, and you guys just go on a three-game win streak with Mason Rudolph. And find yourself what you're not even the seventh seed; you're the sixth seed somehow. Well, if uh, if Miami beats Buffalo tonight, then we are the sixth seed going to going to Arrowhead, and you'll be hosting the Bills. And then we host the Bills in the championship game. That's what will work out. I mean, Blue Sky franchise, Mason Rudolph is the man. I think <laughs> in this very moment, he's the best quarterback in football. I'm ready to go. This is not well, a team. Um, this is a dangerous team. I'm telling you right now, we are a dangerous football team going to the postseason. Nobody wants to see these these men in black and gold. In many ways, this episode can be a bit of a victory lap for several people because Jack had his Bucks pr- prediction. Ziggy, um, I'm sorry, Zach was on the Texans earlier in the season. Ziggy, I thought you had one as well. That, what am I trying to remember? Oh, I, mean, I, I was on the, the Texans. Yeah, I was on the Rams making the playoffs. I was on the Texans pretty early. Yeah, so it's uh, we'll start off with the Texans, though. And one more round of applause for Houston. The the Houston fans who came to this channel earlier in the year, we're very happy for you guys getting the divi- the division win. Not yeah, a wild card know, round. Number four seed. A division win when you came into this year with D'Amico Ryan's a rookie coach, C.J. Stroud, a rookie quarterback. On the drive over here to record, I was just thinking, this Texans run this season is one of the most unbelievable things that I remember happening in the NFL in a long time. Just because, remember where we, we were at the start of the season? Like They had nobody on paper that you were looking at going, yeah, that's someone I want on my team right now. Almost no one. And here they are now as division champions. Well, real quick, talk about this Texans-Colts game here. C.J. Stroud has done a lot of amazing things this season, but the one thing he's done that has blown me away every time is he gets the job done when it matters most. He did it against the Falcons, even though they lost that game. Game-winning drive against the Bucks. Game-winning drive against the Bengals. And then what did he do with, with their back against the wall, playoff berth on the line against Indianapolis? 12-play, 73-yard drive, seven minutes off the clock, three or four unbelievable throws. He goes eight for eight for 86 yards on the drive and scores the game-winning, what wound up being the game-winning touchdown. There aren't a lot of guys in the NFL that when... When everything matters, you want the ball in their hands. And C.J. Stroud has done it time and time again this year. Well, Mason Rudolph is one of them, too. Mason Rudolph, yeah. <laughs> No, what, what really is incredible about that, it was an elimination game, if I'm not mistaken, right? Loser yeah. of that game was out. You're playing, out. you're playing on the road. His quarterback's 22 years old. 
this is a team who had a win total of four and a half, five and a half. And we were saying all that these Texans fans should be hoping to see this season is just some bright spots from CJ Stroud. You know, look okay in certain games, go over that win total, you know, have, have some promising starts, some promising drives. That's all you can really ask for. And here we are. Houston's the number four seed with a home game in the playoffs. In, in, in a game right now, I think it's a they're minus they're a one point favorite. It's a pick 'em, a game where many will expect them to win and play in the divisional round, which is just which is unforeseen territory. Beyond unforeseen. successful, yeah, beyond successful, unforeseen territory. Week one. Jeez. Yeah, and I mean one of the things that I think is really impressive about C.J. Stroud is he overcame some pretty bad coaching in this game too. Right, the coaches consistently. I found the game plan from the Texans really puzzling. I know they won the game, so good on them. But they were running the ball when it wasn't working. They kept taking the ball out of C.J. Stroud's hands. On close fourth downs, they kept punting. But it doesn't matter, right? C.J. Stroud's one of those players you only need to give him a few opportunities to capitalize. And I was thinking back on things. And maybe we shouldn't be all that surprised that the Texans went on a run. In the sense of, like, people seem to think it was impossible for this Texans team to get hot and get good. But when you've got a good quarterback in the NFL, anything can happen. And we've seen, I think, teams going into the draft next year going to look at the Texas success case, where if you hit on your rookie quarterback and he's good from the beginning, you don't need a whole lot else around him. I get that they've got Nico Collins. I get they've got D'Amico Ryans coaching a decent defense. But this was all C.J. Stroud. Well, yeah, you're, you're right that the quarterback can elevate everyone around you, too, where I'm not sure. I think Nico Collins is a good receiver. Tank Dell talented receiver I don't know how good they are on another team where with a quarterback who's closer to average and superstar maybe they are still very good but look at what the the Texans did in this game without their number one receiver too like Nico Collins went nine receptions 195 yards and touchdown Noah Brown I don't I don't believe he played either so you're already backs against the wall in terms of who you had to throw out against Indy and I just thought from the opening throw of the game for Stroud, 75-yard touchdown, it's like, okay, this moment is certainly not too big for him. And he finished the game 20 for 26, 264 yards, 134 passer rating. It's like that's what we said when we were talking about the game. What would what would it come down to? Well, in the Gardner Minshew versus C.J. Stroud category, I think all of us were on the same page when we said we're going with the superstar quarterback here. And yeah. then when you, look, um, when you look on the side for Indianapolis – it was a game of just being oh so close for them. The missed field goal off the goal post. Uh, Moali Cox, remember, I think you were in my basement at the time watching the game, Jack. Cox run down the field, and Minshew just puts it a couple wide yards open. out of reach. Yeah, yep. wide open, yeah. Yeah, wide open. And then, of course, the play everyone's talking about with Goodson at the very end, dropping the what would have been a first down to continue that drive. Uh, perplexing to me to take out Jonathan Taylor on that play. I understand that the play worked. Um but still, it was unfortunate for Indianapolis, who was just right there and couldn't get the job done. And it's such a shame, too, because the Colts were were a team kind of similar to the Steelers to end the year. I was kind of writing them off. that They were, lur- they were lurking around 500, then came out of nowhere, playing some decent football, beating teams they had to beat down the stretch. And all of a sudden, you have a game at home in primetime against a division rival and, and a young team for a chance to go to the playoffs— and you get down to the red zone, and that you can't you can't get it done. I felt bad for him. I want to see Gardner Minshew in the playoffs. I want to see Mister Mustache in there, but I guess it's good for our channel that uh, that Stroud got in. 
Yeah, I mean, I think basically everyone except Colts fans wanted to see what C.J. Stroud and this Texans team can do. It's good that C.J. Stroud's getting his experience, but also if you're a Colts fan, I don't think you've got a lot to worry about with Anthony Richardson in next year. It's clear Shane Steichen knows what he's doing. Yeah, He took a team that had low expectations, crushed the win total, got almost took him to the playoffs. Again, his play calling worked. So I don't think there's a lot to be worried about. If you're a Colts fan, you're probably in good hands. It's just disappointing. For me, this whole season, now that they didn't make the playoffs, it's a big disappointment. We couldn't see what Anthony Richardson was able to do. Oh, but yeah. that'll be for next we, year. Yeah, we've talked about that too. We were talking Richardson. about the Colts when Richardson went down. This is a team that we were super iffy on and had very low expectations. Like, so, like, so I wasn't iffy. Action. I wrote him yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, right. I was like, can Gardner Minshew lead a team to the postseason? We, we, were, we were like, Probably not, and here they are with a home game with a chance to do so. They finished the nine and eight record, correct? Well, well, yeah, and but here they were third and one from what the fifteen yard line inside the fifteen yard line. Jonathan Taylor's gone for one hundred eighty eight yards in the game, and they can't pick up one yard to continue that drive. Where you're just right on the doorstep of, I mean, you know, one or two plays go a different way, and we're sitting here talking about Gardner Minshew being a division champion, hosting hosting the the Browns next weekend. Like it's just it's so close these games. There's all, always one I mean, or two things. The drop was so bad. The drop was tough. I mean, the ball was a little bit behind him, but you still got to come down with that. It's you see the reaction in the crowd, and anyone who's a sports fan, you've been there before with your team where it's just heartbreaking. And I thought it was really funny watching that one Texans fan. Did you see when they cut to the the Colts crowd? Every single oh, yeah, Colts yeah, fan's yeah. devastated. You see the one and Texans then just... fan going crazy. I mean, that's yes. the dream on the road is that you, you're able to celebrate like that. Oh, and I'm an Arrowhead this uh, Saturday night. I'll oh, yeah. Well, you'll that. be in Arrowhead and then you'll be up in Baltimore. And I'll be in Miami. Yeah, yeah then Miami for well, the championship. And we'll look at the Texans and their playoff matchup later in the week. But I'll say this much. I think that them winning the division again next year, absolutely not out of the question after what we just saw from oh. Jacksonville. Oh, yeah, the Jack. Yeah, the, the Jacksonville loss. We're going to get to that in just a second. Um let me ask you real quick, Ziggy, and we're going to do a bigger breakdown on Browns-Texans, but right now when you guys, the first thought on that matchup, are you, which way are you leaning? Well, it's interesting because you got the, uh, you got the wise man and Joe Flacco, where if, if, you know, if he messed up in high school, he could be C.J. Stroud's father <laughs> versus these, uh, these young guns. And we just saw this matchup a couple weeks back, uh, no C.J. Stroud, and we saw what that Browns defense was able to do. And then you got C.J. Stroud back. I do like the Houston Texans at home in that revenge spot with their starting quarterback healthy mm-hmm. to, uh, to advance. How about on. you, Ziggy? Yeah, I totally agree. Setting aside, again, the game where C.J. Stroud is at, this Browns team has been much better at home than on the road. I think the Joe Flacco magic is going to run out eventually. And as much as I really want to see like the Joe Flacco-Baltimore matchup, I think the Texans are going to win that one pretty handily. I'm with you guys. I, I'm, I'm leaning Houston right now because the whole Flacco story, I think, is phenomenal. It's It's been so much fun to watch. But, yeah, it, it just feels like that's a ticking time bomb for when that offense is going to blow up one day. I think it's going to come down to the defensive lines, who's able to uh, put more pressure on the quarterback in that game, make Flacco make mistakes, because he will if you get after him. But then when you say that, it's hard not to look over at Cleveland and Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith and those monsters that they have being able to shut down Stroud. So I need to put a little more thought. At the moment, though, I'm leaning Houston because they're at home and because I, maybe I am getting caught up in the Stroud hype. 
But that's going to be I mean, one of the most fun games of the week. I'm also dead serious when I say this. I think when when CJ Stroud watches Michigan win the chip in his own stadium, a super big fire will be lit under his under his under his ass. Really? Yes. <laughs> And he'll win that game against the. I'm dead serious when I say that. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's that's the analysis that you and, bring to the table that most people be, don't. And it'll be the Browns. Okay. All right. So, Texans fans, congratulations. <laughs> so he's like, shut up. Unbelievable game. Uh, unbelievable win to to be in the playoffs. And Zach, by the way, kudos to you on the Texans prediction. Yes. D'Amico Ryan. D'Amico yes. Ryan's coach of the year. Yes. Is that, no. Got to be. Has got to be. No. He's he's be. not winning coach of the year. Mike Tomlin. Stefanski is winning coach of the year. Stefan. Oh. There are a lot of great candidates this How? year. I mean, because he started five quarterbacks and won 11 games. And they started every single important player on the team. Every single important player on the Browns has gotten hurt this year at one point or another. Most of them with season ending injuries. And in arguably the toughest division in football, they won 11 games and made the playoffs. You realize who this guy, like the Texans missed CJ Stroud for like three or four games and everyone's whining. Hey, no tank. Yeah, those three or four games that he was out. It's it's close. Who else is in there? Is Dan Campbell still in the, the race? Mike Tomlin. There, those are, there, there's a two. There's a two coach race. Oh, it is Stefanski's. A good I don't know. Co- coach Coach of the Year is a stupid award. How about O'Connell? Oh, like you know, you, everyone knows who Coach of the Year should go. <laughs> to. the floor. D'Amico. No, no. Okay, it we'll goes to Shanahan every single time. I'm just saying. We'll be quicker on this one here. The um, st- sticking within the AFC South. So if the Jaguars had won. They would have won the division. All they had to do was beat the Titans in Tennessee and their AFC South champions hosting Cleveland next weekend. Uh, Houston was in no matter what. But they lost 28-20. They get shut down on a final drive. Trevor Lawrence had a ball that he put, what, a yard or two off of Calvin Ridley oh, to win yeah. the game. Uh, to take the lead. To take the lead. Or to, to tie, right, 2020. It would Yeah, yeah it would, the two-point conversion. Two-point conversion. That, yeah. Um I, when you think about Jacksonville fans right now, they have to be sick to their stomach. I, I'm sitting back watching going, wait a second, weren't they like eight and three? They had a chance at the one. I, I thought they might get the one seed. Yeah, we yeah. thought they might no, be we the were, one. Like, we were talking about AFC contenders just not long ago, and we were saying Baltimore, Miami. Where do you put Jacksonville in there? They're up there. Yeah, they were eight and three. Well, they beat the Texans in Houston to take control of the South, and since then... They lost to the Bengals. They lost to the Browns. Lost to the Ravens. Lost to the Bucks. Beat the Panthers, and then fell to Tennessee. Five of your last six games, you're losing, and it's not. It's also not like these were crazy, crazy tough games. The Bengals. I know Lawrence got hurt, but that's a Jake Browning squad. The Browns have been playing well. Still, it was one of the earlier games of Flacco. The Buccaneers have been up and down. The Tennessee in this situation. I mean, they really dropped some games here. All you have to do is win one of them, and you're in. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, gut-wrenching loss for Jaguars fans who, if they had snuck in, there's enough talent on that team to go on a run, especially with the up-and-down AFC we've seen this year. I, I just felt for Jags fans after I mean, five of your last six. That is a brutal way to go out. I mean, it was today was a Derrick Henry show. I mean, he put on his best yeah. stuff and arguably... Oh, his, 19 his, carries, 153 yards. He arguably his final game... As a Titan, he went nuts. No, no, it is. He said goodbye to the Titans. Yeah, like this uh, is the Derrick Henry retirement game. There's, there's nothing more dangerous than a a home rival who's out playing to keep their rival out. And we saw that today. I thought that one big blunder late in the game by Jacksonville was when they had the ball. It was third and goal from the two yard line, down by eight. It was twenty eight twenty, and they ran a third down play where they. They rolled, they rolled out, out. Right, right. Yeah, they rolled him out right. 
and he just threw it away. Then it's fourth and goal, and they do a quarterback sneak. I would have given the ball to Ichien twice in the two-yard line. He gets in once. It's like that. I, I thought it was very, yeah. very stupid there towards the end of the game. Then Tennessee gets the ball back, goes on a long drive. Jacksonville burns their timeouts. Good. Well, it's it speaks to a deeper problem, I think, for this team that Trevor Lawrence is he's banged up bad. Yeah, right. His ankles bent out of shape, his shoulders torn up. And this team still needs to keep whether it's a coaching decision or things they know inside about the talent, they seem to have to keep asking Trevor Lawrence to do everything. And it's not sustainable as a team when your quarterback keeps taking hits and keeps getting hurt to demand they carry the offense and the defense. So I'm worried about what this Jaguars team is going to do long term because I get that the Titans were motivated. I get that this is like the last Derrick Henry Tennessee game. And of course he was going for a century and a half and a touchdown. But in a must win, go home, win or go home, go to the playoffs kind of game, you got to be able to beat the Titans. I mean, besides the Dolphins. Like this Titans team hasn't done anything. <laughs> no, there's no excuse for for dropping this one. And I was with you, Jack, when they rolled. So my brother was playing against ETN in the fantasy championship. His manager didn't realize that he made it a two week playoff. So my well. brother's yeah, my brother's playing in a week eighteen championship. He's playing against ETN, so he was watching him closely, making loud comments the entire day about it. And when they're on the one yard line. We're all sitting back assuming the ball is just going to go to ETN or at least Bigsby, some, someone. But when you have a guy like ETN, how do you not give him the ball? Run the, the ball twice in the two-yard right line. Middle. He's get, you know, he's going to get in. Yeah, he's one, gonna the, get one in. or two I, times he'll get I in. I could not, not believe. I know they were trying to fool him and rolling ETN into the flat. Like It was just a perplexing decision for, for Jacksonville um, and ultimately winds up costing them a playoff spot. So Remember when... Uh, Jacksonville beat us and was stomping on the towel and waving it around to our fans. Oh, yeah, you just sent that, right? <laughs> Bye-bye. How Bye-bye. many times can you remember now teams stepping on the towel? The curse is is, is legitimate. Well, I remember it happened I mean, to the, Tennessee. The Titans did it. They were rubbing their feet with it, and they got knocked out of the playoffs. Oh, wait, right? Kerry Collins? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Baltimore, I believe, once. Baltimore did it. Yep, I remember Baltimore doing it. Don't step on the towel. No, you can't. We have a towel. We don't have a towel hanging. The Bengals. Oh, right yeah. The Bengals did it once. Yeah, you can't step on the towel. Okay, let's let's talk a little bit about the Steelers because they somehow found their way. I wish I had a towel in my hand. I mean, I have one. I I have you know, it's, no, it's it, it, it's in NFL tradition. The Steelers trip ass backwards into the playoffs. <laughs> it happens every single year. And then this they year, go to Kansas City and get railed. This year is different, though. This is a this is a new motivated squad. Okay, so let me ask you: try try and take off the Steelers goggles for a second here. Okay, and I understand that's hard to do, especially when you're you're dripped head to toe in Steeler apparel. But when you're when you look at the Steelers going to Kansas City next weekend, TJ Watt in all likelihood out for that game unless he has a miracle recovery. So he's out. Are you confident that they can go in and win this game with the I mean, I know you're playing good football with Rudolph, but what's your confidence level at? There Legit- is a- seriously. There is a better chance the sun doesn't rise tomorrow than Kansas City beats us right now. Okay. <laughs> I, I think that team's a shit show. They are. They're I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think they're any good. The way we're playing right now, Mason Rudolph, this is a, this is a revamped unit mm-hmm. that is, is currently, at this very moment, better than the Kansas City Chiefs. So you think I, you're going to shut them down? That is, a, that is a favorable matchup. Now, my selfish, selfish self would have preferred Miami. You know, go down there, enjoy some time in the sun. That's the worst matchup for you. But yeah, Kansas City is a favorable matchup. This is a distracted team. Out of all four division winners, the Ravens, 
Dolphins slash Bills, Chiefs, and Texans, you would have taken Kansas City. Kansas City. This is not the team that we've seen in years prior. I don't know what's going on with them. I, that's, it's, it's, I think it's Taylor Swift. This whole team is distracted. She's not been good for these guys. <laughs> and I, I think this team in black and gold with Mason Rudolph goes in there and, and kicks their ass in Arrowhead Stadium. And I am dead serious. Okay. Okay. I'm not, saying Super Bowl. I'm not saying Super Bowl, but this team's going to go in and beat Kansas City next week. If that's the Just, matchup. So, if that's the matchup. So, so Jack, I've, I've been watching the Steelers, but the Buffalo Beast I'm assuming many, I, I'm, assu- I'm assuming many of our fans have. I just, I want you to make the argument here. Try and convince me that Mason Rudolph, right? We're talking Mason Rudolph, the third stringer that the franchise has like kicked to the curb year after year. Why should I believe that this guy's going to get anything done? Look what Mason Rudolph's done. He's come in. This team has two straight weeks where they scored 30 plus points. George Pickens looks good again. The team looks hungry. They look motivated. They look determined. Were you guys what? How long? Hadn't been. There was some crazy streak of not scoring 30 points. Yeah, they did it twice in a row. The defense is also balling out. We just mauled the team who scored 50 on the Dolphins. But you guys are missing Patrick Mahomes on defense. You don't have TJ Watt. He's got that. He's got that grade two MCL sprain. I doubt he's going to be healthy. But Kansas City is not a good team. That team stinks. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll talk more about this game. I, I was just and curious what your thoughts look, were. Look at the look at the bracket. Right. Baltimore's the one. Everybody forgets that we beat the Ravens with Lamar Jackson totally healthy this season. We've won seven of the last eight against the Baltimore Ravens. We are their father. So Kansas City vulnerable. The Ravens we own. The Dolphins, that'll be a Steelers home game if we get there in the AFC Championship. Rudolph's numbers have been great. Rudolph's been very good. The defense is good. This is a team who nobody wants to see. I'm telling you right now. And I guess, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick will probably be back, right? Because he's been out for like three weeks. He's got to be close to getting healthy by now. You know what? You might be talking me into this a little bit. No, you know what's going to happen also? We're such a blue sky franchise. Ziggy, you said for a while the Bills are the best team in the AFC. So we're the six, Buffalo's the seven. I mean, I'm waving my towel in Heinz Field in, 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 in a short month going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I do think that... <laughs> I mean, we beat Kansas City. We beat Houston. The Bills beat Miami and Baltimore. We host Buffalo. I'm there screaming, waving my towel, going to the Super Bowl it does in suck. Heinz Field. It does suck that TJ Watt's going to miss this game. I, I, I We said right but before we Chiefs started... Are beatable. Like if it was well, we, we don't know he's going to miss. We don't know he's going to okay, miss. He probably going to miss. He probably it's TJ Watt. He tried to go back into the game. But you guys do but have more. On. Have you watched KC in that tub of crap lately? It's No, it's been bad. It's yeah. Been bad. I mean, have you seen us? We're, we're a train right now. We're a train. I don't know. I, th- I think you guys are okay. I do like that you're a little more explosive with Rudolph. You're, you are right that Pickens has been better. Deontay Johnson, you've had some DJ big plays. DJ had a long touchdown yesterday. Yeah. I mean. Well, what? Yeah, what, what gives me hope isn't Mason Rudolph, really. It's the fact that Najee Harris is finally starting to look like himself again. Well, Najee's been much better, too. Rudolph was that spark. This whole team is now is now revamped and energized for this I man. think you got to go and get crushed by the Chiefs. And then it's, it's a cycle. I, no, I, no, I think they the, beat the Chiefs. Yeah, I do, too. The Chiefs are not capable wait, wait, of winning the team out. Right. Up, when's the last time the Chiefs crushed anyone? Serious question, because yeah. I'm, I'm thinking here they beat the Patriots by 10. They lost to the Bills. Yeah, they the lost pa- to the Raiders. They the beat the bad Bengals. I, th- I thought they handled New England. And everybody will bring up the fact, oh, like last time you guys went to Arrowhead, Hill had 3,000 yards in that game. Like they don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. And Big Ben couldn't move. This is like this is a different God, that was si- tough to This watch. is a different situation. This Chiefs team is so insanely beatable, and I don't think they're very good. 
I think we go in there and beat them. All right. All right. We'll talk. We'll talk more we'll talk about more this about week. That, we'll talk more about this I'm week. Amped. I am. I, I am seriously. I. They should have let us in. The AOC should not have let this team <laughs> into the playoffs. The last thing we're going to talk about the Bucks and the Panthers. The Bucks get in to the playoffs. They win the NFC South nine nothing. Right. Not a particularly good looking Bucks team the past few weeks, but Baker Mayfield back in the playoffs for the first time since 2020 when he went on that run with the Browns. I believe that's when he beat you guys in. Heinz Field, right? Yes. Yeah, that was a 28 nothing in the first quarter. Yeah, then we somehow like came crazy. back and made it, it was close. It was a good game at the end. Uh, Baker did not look good today, though. He he was struggling throughout most of the day. Um, overthrowing people. It was not a pretty sight. Ziggy even threw in the chat at one point. He goes, what the hell is wrong with Baker Mayfield today? But look, in the NFL, you just win. Just find ways to win because winning is hard. Uh, and Tampa Bay now is going to host. Likely the Eagles could wind up being Dallas, depending on the 4 o'clock games here. Uh, but again, another storyline of, I guess, everyone that we talked about today is connected in that you were not expecting them to go on these playoff runs. And here we are, Week 18, talking about a Bucks team that almost everyone wrote off, except really you, Jack, the entire preseason, most of the regular season, um, but here we are where they're going to host a playoff game and I'm not exactly confident in them uh, with the way they've looked lately, but I do think there's plenty of talent on this team where if you go against Philly, who's been struggling, yeah, well, I mean, why not believe in, in, uh, in Tampa? Well, they got lucky today only scoring they did. nine points. Now you, you get bailed out by playing you know, one of the worst draft picks in the history of football in, uh, in, in, in Bryce Young. <laughs> Bryce should have had a touchdown today. Yeah. They fumbled Chark fumbled out of the end zone. Right, well, yeah, he should have. He scored zero points. Uh, I mean, is there uh, any player in the NFL that has a bigger split in ability to play when he's healthy versus when he's injured? So when Baker Mayfield was healthy. He looked like a borderline top 10 quarterback. And now that he's hurt, he might be the worst quarterback in the entire <laughs> NFL. Yeah, that's the, like my my case for the Bucks to win the South was solely Baker Mayfield getting a fresh start. Some fresh faces around him, a new team, decent weapon in Mike Evans. And we've seen what Baker has done in the past. He's shown some decent stuff. And my whole case was that we're going to see that, uh, that Cleveland Browns 2020 Baker. And in certain games, he's shown that, you know, against Jacksonville, against Green Bay, and amongst others too. And this team looks very good. But now when you get a crappy Baker, like if we see a Baker we've seen the last two weeks, Philly goes in there and, and beats this team down. Yeah, I mean, it, we know it, it's all going to come down to how Baker plays. But think about the Baker you saw against the Texans when they were having the shootout in Houston with C.J. Stroud. If you get that Buccaneers team, I mean, the Bucs might win that game. The Bucs are probably going to win the game against Philly. Um, yeah. So it all depends. Yeah, it all depends on on who you get from Baker. It, this really isn't a game that we could sit back and, and say we're feeling confident about Tampa Bay heading into the playoffs with. But at the end of the day, you know, you find your way in, and I'd rather watch the Bucks play. And from a viewing standpoint, I'd much rather see this storyline than New Orleans or Atlanta. I mean, those and disasters. It, it's always a huge, huge advantage too to be playing at home. Like you never know when you're at home in front of your home crowd in the postseason, things happen. You, you, there's crazier things have happened than the Bucks winning a home playoff game against the Eagles. With the win today, the Buccaneers are the only team in the NFC to make the playoffs in each of the last four seasons. Wow. Baker looks like he got a $1 million bonus for getting in. He did. And he, but he, has, he has been, he has been banged up too. Like he got banged up today. You know, he's, it was a gutsy performance from him in a must win game. Um, 
So we'll see. Again, we're going to talk more about all these games here. But congratulations to the Bucks, Jack. Great pick there. Uh, you you got to be able to protect them, though. And, and that's Philly's defense has had their ups and downs this season. If you can pr- protect Baker, give him some time. That Philly secondary has been very susceptible this year. Uh, and with the weapons that Tampa has, you have Godwin and Evans. Yeah, they, they could make some noise. All right, we will, uh, we'll be back with other reaction shows to some of the Week 18 games. Just wanted to quickly hit on the 1 o'clock games. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. We'll be back with more reactions to Week 18, uh, and see you soon. <laughs>